The Home Show with Sinead Ryan on News Talk. You're listening to The Home Show podcast with me, Sinead Ryan. Now we are well and truly out of Christmas. Uh, There's no doubt about that. All the decorations are down and boxed away and the house may be looking a little bit bare and a little bit scant. Well, do not worry. In studio with me is Jennifer Sheehan, former Home of the Year winner, to give us some great tips and hints for brightening up your interiors. Now, you're very welcome along uh, this morning, folks. And all the talk this week has been on one thing. Prince Harry's book, Spare. Now, it's not really a topic that can be shoehorned into a home show, but regular listeners will know I'm a bit of a royal watcher. And I was chatting to fellow fan Henry McKean earlier this week uh, about what he thought about the book. I'm reading it. I haven't quite finished it yet. And to be honest, I find myself a little bit more sympathetic towards Harry than I was when I saw those interviews, the endless whinging and moaning and given out and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Or indeed the newspaper headlines that screamed uh, across the Irish Sea from the British tabloids. But there's a lot in it, I'm finding, that is kind of a little bit petty and silly and cruel and unnecessary, like slagging off his brother's baldness to calling Camilla the Queen uh, a villain. I'm sure... I could have done without hearing about his bedroom exploits, even those that occurred in a field. But I am most struck, I think, by the seeming irony bypass in Harry claiming he can't ever reconcile with his father or brother because the conversations would become media fodder. And here he is on every media outlet he can find uh, himself. Anyway, kudos to J.R. Moringer. He was Harry's ghostwriter. He has actually done a brilliant job. This is a very readable book. Uh, he also wrote Andre Agassi's um, biopic Open, uh, which was also a bestseller. So, so his pedigree is excellent. I suppose if I have a question this week, it was whether he was right to air the royal family's dirty linen in public. Do we really need to know the minutiae about beards and children's tights and dog bowls and all of that? Did you buy the book or are you avoiding everything about it? Well, look, let me know 53106 uh, or email us at thehomeshow at newstalk.com. I'd be interested in hearing your views. Uh, But for the rest of the hour, welcome along to the Royal Free Zone. That is The Home Show. January is a time when many of us begin to think about planting our gardens for the spring and summer or even just tidying them up and maybe changing things around, planting something new. But there's a new trend which has emerged indoors and here to tell me more about it is Dermot Gavin. Uh, Dermot, you're very welcome back to The Home Show. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Great to be here. And it is this time of the year when it's a bit cold outside that people turn their thoughts to inside and what can they do because we've grown used to being surrounded by nature. There's been that big trend, especially on social media for young people, especially started growing indoor plants. They have indoor plants. They've become plant parents. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. It's they, a precursor to getting a cat and maybe a child eventually. That, that's it. Without the, the exact same commitment, you can still stay out at night and uh, have the yeah. uh, have the lovely oh, fern or something I, like I don't that. Know. Are they millennials? The My daughter's one of them now. She'll tell me, oh, that's not what we call ourselves anymore. I don't know what you call her. She's, she's 27. But... <laughs> It's that idea of I'll start with a yucca and see how I get on with it. Yes. And she they anthropomorphise it like it has a name. <laughs> it has a little bow around it. There's little photographs taken. It has a little, you know, life of its own. And 
you know, look, we can all grow or most of us at least a potted plant of some kind, a little fern or, or something like that. But actually the trend, as far as I can see, seems to, to be not just for the potted plant, but to grow trees indoors. That's right. We have a range of plants with done stores and they've recently refurbished one of their first ever stores, which is in Henry Street. Actually, I think they call it Henry now. And the refurbishment, they didn't tell me this, but from me walking in, I can see the whole theme is plants and houseplants. And our plants are in three different locations. But one of the big difference there is that people want to buy big plants. They want big statement plants. Statement. So they've done, they've started with the cacti, they've moved on to the succulents, they've had the ferns, uh, they've had the fig, and now they want the big trees. Something a little bit dramatic. Now, I have form in this area and I'm afraid it's not good news. I did successfully grow uh, a lemon tree one. well actually I'll, no sorry I bought it mostly I didn't grow it from like a lemon pip or anything uh, it was mostly got and it actually produced the tiniest tiniest little lemons on your watch one year on my watch That's I'm claiming it, it, it died uh, shortly afterwards after expunging all its energy on these things but it I think, crucially, it was in a conservatory, fully glassed area. It was very warm and sunny and bright and shiny. Anything I've tried since hasn't worked in terms of a tree. So I'd love the, I, I think people love the idea of seeing the gnarled kind of branches and, you know, uh, the proper trunk coming out of a pot. It just looks so beautiful. Well, the problem with your situation, I think you've hit the nail on the head uh, there. It was just too hot and too bright, maybe. Seriously, I've been to Sorrento. I've seen them growing, <laughs> hanging off in the beautiful sunshine. In the sunshine, <laughs> but not that so a sunshine magnified by the conservatory okay. with very still air in, in there. Uh, but, but funnily enough, citrus trees and lemon trees in particular will grow in more northern European locations than we might think. The famous one is the Palace of Versailles mm. where they do have orangeries so over winter they're all carted up and put in orangeries. Um, and is, is that where, it's where quite the origin cool. of the name is? The orangery? That's right. It's like this internal corridor that the ladies would walk That's right. down and admire them. There's That's right. Ashton Court Palace. And the, it becomes a type of winter garden but really for storage so they're protected from any frost or anything like that and then during from uh, I suppose about March they're put out March till September October November Okay so if your plan is look I'd love something a bit more dramatic and statement wise than a potted plant what of course, you, you don't want to plant an oak by mistake. What kind of trees should we be looking at that are going to be contained? So they're very, they're exactly the same as the smaller plants that you'll find in the plant ranges, in in the indoor plant ranges in any uh, garden shop, but they've been allowed to grow big. So the most popular one is probably the weeping fig and that grows very, very tall and often you will see it in shopping centres and whatever. They do need a little bit of care and the most important thing, I think, is when you think of most of these plants, they will be foliage plants. So they're not full of flower or whatever. And they're from maybe jungle situations. If they're from jungle situations, they'll be growing often on the ground under a canopy of bigger trees. So they won't be subjected to a huge amount of direct sunlight. So not having them in very bright places is very important. Okay. Unless they're cacti or succulents, which will absorb every bit of heat of sun they can and get. sunshine. So I suppose looking to the origin, the native origin of a lot of these is the trick. So with those trees then that aren't used to a lot of light or they're fighting for it in the rainforests, 
would they work then in a hallway or they could or be perfect room? or a living room maybe a meter away as long as they're uh, from the window especially okay. a south facing window as long as they're not in direct sunlight they should be absolutely fine they don't want to be too dark uh, either there are some plants you know that will thrive in very dark situations and for there we think of if we go on woodland walks in this country we see a lot of ferns so some of the ferns will take darker situations mm. but most it's kind of medium light but not that direct sunlight. Okay, so the weeping fig the right. Weeping um, fig would be another one okay. another brilliant one uh, is the rubber plant. So again it's a member of the fig family. Oh right and that's a tree is it? That, that's a tree, oh, okay. it'll grow on a stem. But um, the other one that you mightn't think of as a tree but you can grow as a tree and these are all easy ones. Uh, tried Good, and tested you, you know your mark, you're <laughs> in with me now David. <laughs> this, uh, what was called the Swiss cheese plant you know the one with oh, the openings. The the, the big hope okay. uh, holds in, in, in the leaves. Monstera deliciosa is the come. Now that is a climbing plant. So if you give it a support, some people grow them along uh, on moss poles. Then they will turn into a tree because they oh, produce aerial roots. And when I talk about moss poles, you can buy moss poles that are pieces of woven pipe with moss just wrapped around. Uh, and they grip them. onto it, do they? That doesn't work. But if you were to make a pole uh, from let's say chicken wire, fill it with moss inside, keep it nice and moist, then the aerial roots will grow into that and keep it stable. Or you can just, you know, stake it up. Um, most, if you, if you go to the Botanic Gardens in Glasnevin, mm. you'll see there's a back wall in the big palm house and they have really successfully grown uh, monsters up that wall to, uh, you know, enormous height. A bit more space maybe than your average three Space <laughs> and experience and they're treated well. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And what about the ones then that people love, like the, the kind of the delicate, you know, ones that maybe will produce a little bit of flower or a bit of fruit or something like that? People love the look of those, right? I, and you may not, if you have a small flash or something, you don't, you, you don't have the room for a big monster. So, uh, uh, again, I would try, with any of these plants, I would, before you invest in a big specimen, that's a tree, for instance, to create that fantastic image in, in your house. I would try a smaller one and see, are you OK at growing them? OK, now, one of the things you have to take into account, of course, is the pot you're going to put it in. Yes. Uh, because if it is a tree, yeah. um, the roots are significant. You know, you don't want it to grow past the pot, but you want it to grow, uh, you know, within the confines of the room. So drainage is important or, or how best to handle it? Really good quality compost and really good drainage and then a really good maintenance system. So uh, when you water it, how often you water it and also misting the plant. So it's not only watering the plant, it's also getting one of those just misters and spraying. And yeah, that, yeah, exactly. Okay. That, that type of thing. And using te- room temperature water and cleaning that off. That cleans away the dust, that helps photosynthesis. Right. Uh, but a lot of these plants will absorb moisture through their leaves. So, first of all, you mentioned uh, big pot. That's very important because mm. the pot, the plant is the mature. That's part of the Pinterest stuff, isn't it? Uh, uh, absolutely. And you can get gorgeous pots. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Made from all they're sorts not, of... They're not cheap, I'll tell you. They're not. No, they're not. Some a big, big pot isn't. those big ones now told you, you'd be spending 100 quid. You, you, you would. And then the good compost. Uh, then making sure that pot has drainage holes. Making sure, depending on where you have it, if you have your... If it's a tree... You have to take into account what is going to be on the ground. If it's a tiled surface, you're okay, but you want the water to be able to drain through. 
if the water can't drain through, for instance, onto a carpet, you want a saucer that's as big as your pot to take excess water. That's the most important thing. When you water, you need the water to be able to drain you away. Don't want to drown your tree. Most plants will not really appreciate sitting in um, old water. God, they're a bit precious, Down the aren't they? <laughs> All right, okay. I'll give it another go. I do have a monster, so I'm I'm interested in that kind of staking it up, and we'll see how it gets on. I mean, I'm going to call it my tree instead of my plant. <laughs> I just feel better about that. Why not? Put it up on Instagram. Give it its own account. Uh, now, Dermot, you're not only in with us to talk about indoor trees, important though that is. Uh, We're delighted to announce that you're going to be in with us more often. We're going to get to see each other more often in studio because you're going to kick off a series of masterclasses, I suppose we'll, we'll talk about them. Yes, together we're going to show people at this time of the year how to redesign their garden. I did a book last year with a friend of mine, Paul, and we were talking about it, it was a month by month uh, book, January to December, what you do in your garden. And we looked at January and we said, you know, all you need to do in January is fly to Florida, book into a motel and eat fries and watch Netflix because there's not a huge amount going on that in the garden. like the best gardening advice I've heard. But what you can do is plan your garden. So in anticipation, what people might like to do with their gardens this year, whether it's a brand new garden, whether you're thinking of reorganising a, 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 a garden or where you just want to understand the process, we're going to lead you through a short course of five or six weeks showing you what to do from week to week. We'll start off with inspiring. So while the rain is pouring down outside, we'll be thinking of all the different garden styles that have evolved in so many places around the world. The second week, I think we'll have to tackle the more practical issues aspect, which is where the sun is at different times of the day and what's your soil like, because soil and light is the basis of a successful garden. Okay. well, there is so much in that uh, and it'll it'll be fantastic to have you. And we're going to have Dermot in folks every fortnight from now right up to I suppose Paddy's weekend then, which is the traditional time to start gardening no yeah. more excuses to yeah, stay exactly. indoors after that yeah, alright yeah, exactly. and if you've any questions for Dermot do get them into us he'll be back in a fortnight's time to talk about designing a different styles of gardens looking at different aspects of, of how to plan it and organise it so it's a kind of a project thing so you can come with your with your pen and paper or your CAD design and we'll post pictures of everything we're doing, uh, any of the projects, any of the homework we might give you on places like uh, in, in Instagram and social media. Fantastic. So you can see when we're talking about that, uh, the, the gardens of Versailles and how they were inspired or a Zen garden, you can see what we, what we mean. OK, well, I'm really, really looking forward to that. Uh, and I'm sure all our listeners are very excited by that. So it'll be fantastic to have you back. So text us 53106 for 30 cent or email us at the at and we will put all of those queries and questions and things to Dermot. And if you want to send us in a picture of your garden, well, do so. He normally charges a billion euros uh, to do this and he's going to do it for free on the home show. So that's fantastic. Dermot Gavin, as always, thank you so much uh, for getting involved. Where can people find you on Instagram? At Dermot Gavin. Of course they can. All right. And uh, it's fantastic to have you. Thanks a million for coming into the home show. Great to see you. This is the home show podcast with me, Sinead Ryan.
certainly if you're a first time buyer, well, you will be very interested in my next guest who is sitting across from me now uh, to talk about the first home scheme. Now, this is the latest uh, government measure to help people buy a home. A 400 million euro fund has been set up to help first time buyers to bridge the gap between their mortgage deposit and the price of a new home. And it's all part of the government's housing for all strategy. Its second quarterly progress report has been issued and Trevor Grant, Director of Affinity Advisors and Chairperson of the Association of Irish Mortgage Advisors, is here to tell us more. You're very welcome along to The Home Show, Trevor. Hi, Sinead. How are you? Now, uh, Happy New Year to you. Now, listen, start by telling us how this scheme works, because it's it's really announcement after announcement after announcement from, from the Housing for All strategy. It can be hard to keep up. Yeah, that is very true. And look, there's a lot of noise uh, in relation to housing and has been for some time now. So essentially what this scheme aims to do is to bridge the gap between your mortgage, your deposit and the purchase price of a home. And what you can do is you can borrow up to 30% of the purchase price of the property or 20% if you're availing of the help to buy scheme. Um subject to certain other rules, such as the uh, first home scheme must have a minimum of 2.5% equity in the property or €10,000, whichever is the higher. So that's the first point in it. This is free money. I mean, it's marketed as a loan, but you don't have to pay it back. No, you don't have to pay it back if you don't want to, but there are certain conditions by which you must pay it back. <laughs> is there anybody in the history of anything who has ever voluntarily paid back a loan they didn't have to? Not necessarily, but just the criteria for paying it back if, if, if uh, when you're required to. So if you switch to what's called a non-participating lender, so you might look to get a favourable rate. Switching has become very common in Ireland over the past few years. It's very smart and important to always look at your mortgage rate and make sure you have the best deal available to you. So if you switch to a non-participating lender and currently the non-participating lenders in the market are Avant Money, ICS and Finance Ireland. So the non-bank lenders. The non- okay. non-bank so, lenders. Okay, so for clarity then, the the banks that have signed up to this are AIB, Bank of Ireland and Permanent TSB. And also EBS and Haven who come who under the AIB, AIB group. Okay, yeah. so if you take out your mortgage with one of those outfits, then you can avail of this scheme. You can also avail of the Help to Buy scheme and Bob's your uncle. Does it mean then, you know, that... The first, the poor old first time buyer who has pulled it together, the deposit, struggled to buy, finds their house, gets it. There's now three owners on that property. Am I right? Because the government is taking a stake in the house. Now, the bank already has a chunk of the house because, you know, if you default, they take it back. Now you have like the local authority or the government taking a stake. And <laughs> the first time buyer really has the has the smallest share of this. Is that Would that be fair? I I understand what you're saying, but I don't necessarily agree with what you're saying. Um, Ultimately, at the end of the day, the first time buyer is financing the purchase of their home. And essentially, they're only able to borrow a maximum amount. And that's one of the other rules. So there's a couple of other rules that I might just run by to help you with it in terms of qualification. So you must be over 18, as with any legal contract. You must be a first time buyer or what's called an eligible borrower. So now the definition of an eligible borrower is someone who's divorced or someone who may have been insolvent and is now no longer Which is a great idea and actually a huge relief to them. Yeah, which is a super uh, thing because up until now and for many years, you were like a pariah. Lenders may have said they'd look at lending to you. They wouldn't. People make mistakes. In other jurisdictions, you make a mistake, you pay for it, you move on. Mm. Most people who go insolvent, the very, very vast majority, didn't go insolvent deliberately or because they wanted Mm. to. It's Mm. because of circumstances that we all went through during the crash. Okay, so you have to be a first-time buyer or an eligible buyer. Does it have to be a brand new home? It absolutely has to be a brand new home. You must borrow from a participating lender, as we've just discussed. Um, You must borrow the maximum amount, which is now four times for a Mm first-time buyer. And um, you also have to have a 10% deposit which is important. 
Yeah. Um, so the 10% deposit is really important. You can get some important. of that through the help to buy. Um, I, I'm unclear about that. There's no point me telling you that for certain. Yeah. Uh, the 10% deposit, as I understand it, is you have to have a 10% deposit. Okay. I'm not necessarily able to confirm to you that it does include the help to buy. Okay, so it's a new house in a new development. You're a first-time buyer, eligible borrower. You have to get out through one of these lenders. But But if you do so... You can you can get quite a lot of money. I mean, we're looking at what twenty, thirty thousand. Yeah, you can get a significant amount of money, right? It's up to thirty percent of the purchase price. So the average amount of equity provided on the closings year to date, as I understand it, is seventy one thousand euros. So that's quite significant in terms of the equity stake. Yeah. Okay, um, you don't have to pay it back. Let's be clear. So if you stay in your home, the the reasons for paying it back, as I said earlier, you switch to a non participating lender, um, you sell the property, then you must pay it back. Um, it becomes no longer your home. So you move out of it, it's no longer your home, it's only for homes. And if all the borrowers die, ultimately, and there's no owners left of the property, well then the property will be sold and the debt would be paid back. Now, so, okay, so it sounds like if I was a first-time buyer, I'd be jumping all over this, okay? It's mm-hmm. taxpayer-funded, so maybe <laughs> the rest of us aren't thrilled with it. But I can understand why, why people love it. Is there not an element, though, Trevor, that it is simply price chasing. I mean, you're not fixing any of the underlying issues in the market here. You're not providing cheaper homes or more of them. All you're doing is saying, as the prices go up and up and up, we will keep giving you more money to help you buy it. So in principle, you're absolutely right. I should point out that some charges do apply from year six onwards. They're servicing charges. Um, So they start from year six to year 15 at 1.75% of the equity amount and they increase up to 2.85% after 30 years. They want you to kind of think about start paying it back. Yes, exactly. So it's not technically free, but you don't have to pay it back. All right. And I do agree. And can I just say you're right? We have a fundamental issue with housing in this country without question. It needs to be resolved. Any intervention runs the risk of increasing and inflating house prices, be it the help to buy scheme, be it the first home scheme, be it the understandable tweaks in the macroprudential rules, which did did need to be reviewed. There's a lot of people locked out of housing, right? But if you don't have enough houses and you inflame the the demand for those houses, you are going to increase prices. Now, the only two comments I'd make on that, and I do fundamentally agree with what you're saying, is number one, we appear to be in a period where, as I understand it, house price growth is now at pre-pandemic levels, 2020 levels. The rate of growth has fallen, and that could be for a number of reasons. Equally, there are price ceilings with the uh, first home scheme. Yeah, you can't buy a so you can, yeah. mega mansion. So you can't go okay. over, say, €500,000 in Dublin, and then there's different prices for different jurisdictions which are available on their website. All right. Okay. Look, I mean... I suppose it depends what side of the coin you're on. If you're a first-time buyer, you're going to grab this and go. And why wouldn't you? You'd be dead right to. Um, but really, you have to wonder at some point, we have to stop shoveling money at people. We have to actually start doing it from the other end. Now, one of the reasons that the whole thing might come to a shuddering halt or at least be stymied is the fact that interest rates are on their inexorable rise upwards and the works told by the ECB to expect more and more and more this year. You're a former personal insolvency practitioner, so you would have dealt with a lot of people in arrears who maybe lost their home or whatever. Um, do you think that this 2023 may be a tipping point for some people who have just got in over their head? I think it may be for some people. So what we've got to remember is what caused the problems, the financial problems for people historically was not house prices, it was incomes and it was mortgage repayments because rates jumped quite significantly. The ECB took a very aggressive approach initially to this. So the concern obviously is that if rates start to increase, we have a problem. Now, 
there will be people caught in that trap without question. There are customers and it's been well written about by Brendan Burgess and Charlie Weston where they've written about people who've moved to um, funds who manage loans, former loans. Um, There aren't necessarily correct interest rates available for those customers. They're stuck in a variable rate. They're stuck in a tracker. They're very exposed. There are people who were underwritten. Um, over 85, 86% of all mortgage customers in the last number of years have plumped for fixed rates. So for a time period, they're fine. But when that fixed rate expires, that's when the fun starts. Now, those loans have Staying been stressed. Off. Correct. Now, what's good about this time around is those loans have been stress tested. So there is an element of applying for some form of increase. But there's no doubt increasing interest rates are going to cause problems. And fundamentally, just to say that, as you say, we need more homes being built. That's the only solution to this problem. All right. Trevor Grant, Director of Affinity Advisors and Chairperson of the Association of Irish Mortgage Advisors. Thank you very much for joining us on The Home Show. Thank you, Sinead. Now, are you back in the gym? Have you made your fitness resolutions for 2023? Well, maybe you think you can't afford what's involved with all the memberships and the classes and the subscriptions. Don't worry. My next guest has loads and loads of tips for 2023 fitness that you can do in your home for free, just using stuff you have around the house. I am delighted to welcome Georgie Lockery, owner of Hyphen Fitness, personal trainer, Pilates teacher, mum of three, Busy life to the studio. You're very welcome along. Thank you very much. That's a lovely introduction there. (laughs) Lots of people make these resolutions, me included, it has to be said. But, you know, we're in a cost of living crisis. Everything costs a lot more and people have busy lives and maybe they may, well, make the excuse that I can't go to the gym. I can't go to the swimming class. You know, I can't afford a bike. You reckon there's just stuff around the house you can do a full workout with? right there in front of you in your own home and stuff that you don't actually have to um, go out and specifically spend money on. So maybe start with the tins of beans maybe and then build up to the the two litres of milk and then yeah no excuse it's right there beside you in the house. Of course for some people it's the going out and buying the leggings and buying the balls. They love that. And then they sit in the corner and languish um, not speaking of anybody I know obviously Um, but uh, so let's look at the kind of the different areas that people want to maybe get fitness. And I know for women in particular, um, weight bearing exercise is very, very important as we get older. As we get older, yeah, to help with bone density and prevent obviously brittle bone. So if you get the two litres of milk with the handle on, yeah. straight away, that's a, really? a weight you because can use two, as a workout. Two kilogram weight, isn't that's it? That's right. Really? So yeah. you don't need to go off and buy the... the no, no. And anyone who has kids, they'll definitely be buying those two litre sized uh, okay. cartons and of milk. And I presume milk, you so. use two litres of, you know, water bottles or Coke or whatever you Absolutely. have. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So in terms of doing exercise, what kind of things do you need to be careful of? Is it the kind of the, the pull-ups and the push-ups and the lats and all that kind of thing? So in terms of those, you want to make sure that you've got good form. You don't want to start to cause yourself any injury to begin with. So uh, just watch the knees. You want to make sure they're nice and stable. Um, so the squats, lunges, they're going to be a, a great starting point to and go with. And you don't with. need anything yeah. for that really Absolutely except not. floor space. No, okay. no. Yeah. Picking up children, of course, will produce. Or laundry baskets. Yes. Yeah, okay. that's another great thing to work with when you're hoovering. You can... You, you're lunging forward anyway. So when you're reaching forward, just big step. That's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, okay. Now, one of the uh, things that has taken off on TikTok, and I'm not sure I would recommend this, but you're the expert, okay. is using your sofa as your weight 
I probably wouldn't <laughs> recommend that as a straight going straight to lift in the weight of a couch. So yeah, start and and gradually progress. Certainly use the couch, tricep dips, or you can use the the, the hard side of the of the the, the armchair um, your for your press ups. ups. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you're not quite at the sit up stage, if you struggle with sit ups, just tuck the toes underneath the the bottom of the couch, and that's going to help a little bit of extra to assistance your, to, to, to come back up. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I'm not okay. sure that I'd. Um, I'd, I'd start somebody straight away lift, <laughs> lifting up the couch. OK, now, even more simple than that, um, everybody has a cupboard, a, a hot press full of towels. You reckon you can do a whole workout? Full body workout a with a tea towel. Yeah, yeah. Tell us more. OK, so it just introduces a little bit of uh, an extra resistance into the workout. So it's almost as if it's, you know, you've heard of resistance bands. So you're just holding tension on that towel and just introducing another um, extra dynamic into the into the workout. So it gets the brain engaged with what you're doing. So um, you can use it as tension with the lunges. It just actually encourages you to keep the knee over the ankle. So if you stand on one end of the towel and hold the other one, uh, you can do bicep curls, keeping that tension on the towel and just lifting um, palms face down and then just lifting it towards your forehead. We can do um, a little kind of scissor action where we bring the legs sitting on the floor. You've got that tension in the towel again and you can just send one leg over, one leg under or you can go both legs over the towel and bring them underneath again. So that's probably less free, like, is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So the humble tea towel, the humble or tea towel, absolutely. Towel and, and yeah. Well, the tea towel is probably better because it, you just want the arms really at shoulder width apart when when you're holding them oh, under yeah, tension. So, so yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> absolutely right. Now, of course, for those of us that have stairs in the home, that's yeah. kind of a cardio. Absolutely, stair climbing, absolutely brilliant um, for building those um, leg muscles, working into the glutes as well. You can also do nice leg stretches just off the, the, the edge of the step as well, where you drop the heel down. Yeah, and you're yeah. just balancing on your toes. Yeah, that's, that's nice right. One. Yeah, so nice. Any any runners out there? So I know a lot of people have taken up running New Year's resolutions. It's a nice stretch to do um, after you run to, to lengthen out the muscles at the backs of the legs. So Fantastic. Yeah. Now, doors and walls and all of that. It, it strikes me that your door frame is actually probably, I remember spending a little bit of time a couple of years ago in physio and one of the physio exercises I was given to do was this press for, for my back against the wall, yeah. out and in. Yeah, so, in. Th- so like a standing push-up mm. as opposed to, so mm. a lot of people actually get quite nervous when they're on, on the floor and start to bend the elbows. They nearly feel that they're going to collapse, collapse down <laughs> onto the floor. So that's a great place to start and that's going to work into the upper body there when you have the, the hands on the door. So you stand, so you stand you slightly stand away, back from a, maybe a foot or two. Yeah, you want to keep the body um, in a really, really nice straight line, though, from the back of the head right through the hips to the heels. So your tummy muscles are activated. You're pulling the belly button towards the spine, and you're moving, just bending and lengthening through the arms. Yeah, okay. yeah. All right, and it might uh-huh. be a gentler introduction. That's into right, and then you can gradually progress. Bring yourself to the kitchen counter to do the same thing, and then maybe a lower down chair like your couch, and then you can progress down onto the floor. So. The reason yeah. you bought that fancy kitchen unit, folks. <laughs> Granite Island. It's now a home That's gym. Right. Get yeah. your money back on. Yeah, while that. you're boiling the kettle for your cup of tea. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Well, that'll be an essential part of your after, after you workout. Refresh. Okay. Yeah. So, um, uh, broom handles, brushes. Now, we we 
that's a great one to do if you have a kind of um, a brush or a mop handle to, to put behind your head. That's isn't right. It? Back behind the head and then up and around. Pull, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. If you pull down and that's another one you can do with the towel as well. Keep that tension on either end of the towel and just have the arms up over the shoulders and bend the elbows, pull it back down behind the head. So, yeah, the, the, the pole obviously isn't. Uh, isn't going to move in the same way as the towel so that just adds a, a different a different element to it another thing you yeah. can try and do is bring it down just a mobility exercise for the shoulders and step one foot over and then the other and then bring it back up around behind you Ooh. as if it's almost oh, skipping exactly it's yeah yeah Right. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll go with that. Listen, uh, fantastic to have you now. It's great. Like everybody has this as a news resolution, but actually I think it's fine having easy wins and, and slow start. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Have yeah. taught us a lot about doing stuff at home that maybe we thought we could only do in a gym. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think people got quite inventive during lockdown about what can be done at home. And I suppose we don't need to, need to lose that as well. Like it's good to to remember that and not just think, okay, I do have to spend so much money um, with the the cost of everything increasing at the moment. You can get that really, really good workout at home. excuses, I think, is what I'm reading between the lines there. You're too polite to say it, right? (laughs) Where can people find out more about you and what you do? So I am online on, my website is hyphenfitness.ie and then you'll find me on Instagram as well, georgie.lockery or hyphenfitness. Fantastic. All right. Well, listen, thanks for coming in and joining us on The Home It's been a pleasure. This is the Home Show podcast with me, Sinead Ryan. It is uh, a long time since Christmas now, it seems, and we are all getting back to the bare bones of our house. And we thought we would have a look at sprucing it up and, you know, kind of ignoring January, I think, is the way we're going to go on this. So I am delighted to welcome welcome along fellow January hater, Jennifer Sheehan, (laughs) former Home of the Year winner. Jennifer, you're very welcome. Happy New Year. January sucks. Happy New Year. (laughs) How was your Christmas? My Christmas was brilliant. I had a lovely time. I got away. I got into the snow. I got the plague like everybody else. I watched every single Jason Bourne movie. It was overall, I have to say, very enjoyable. like a win. Are all the decorations down now and everything packed away? Gone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, gone immediately. Now, I suppose you're kind of, you have this gorgeous little tiny home and it's always a good time, I think, for everybody to think about decluttering and clearing out and tidying away. But that, I presume that's something you have to do all year round. <laughs> that's my life. Yeah. And I hate clutter. I really, I like things. I like, you know, I don't have a very pared back minimalist style overall, but I just don't like stuff lying around, taking up space, gathering dust, that I'm not using. It stresses me out and I just want it gone. So yeah, that is my life. Okay. So it's all gone away and, you know, I love when that happens in my house because the house immediately looks bigger even though, you know, it's only been a few weeks with all this stuff in it. But the minute you take them away, you know, it looks cleaner. It does look cleaner. But it does look a bit bare. (laughs) It's a bit empty and bare. And that's what we're going to talk about now because we don't have a lot of money Right. We do not have a lot of money. Point. We're broke at the moment. Yeah, and we are going to look at maybe uh, brightening up our home as we hopefully, fingers crossed, enter spring in the next, I don't know, whether you're in February, spring, hopefully March, it or might be March or in April, spring, March. Yeah. But to kind of look towards our home and, and giving us a little bit of comfort in these dark uh, days and rainy days and cold yes. days. So talk to me a little bit about what you have decided to do in your own home and what you are going to talk about today. Yeah. So, so my first thing, I'm going to skip right over this because it's plants and they're brilliant to bring in and I 
I am not the person to advise you on this. Yeah. So anyone who wants to know more about bringing plants in. <laughs> we have the plant meister on. Go back uh, to the, the top, top of the show. show yeah. And uh, he gave us superb advice on all things to do with plants. But you're right. Bringing greenery into the house, yeah. taking off the Christmas wreath, maybe off the front door, but actually replacing it with something in yeah. a bit of colour maybe. I passed my local flower shop um, during the week and I saw the most beautiful little narcissi and crocuses oh, beginning to come out of little pots and I thought isn't that just beautiful and now I'd kill them all immediately so again go back <laughs> and snippet but it's such a I mean we've got the Christmas tree and that absence of greenery can be a bit depressing almost you know so it's a lovely but way to, to get it of the silk flowers and the dry yes, flowers massively so I have one plant that despite all my best efforts has, has survived I don't know what it's called it's some lovely green leafy kind of a thing everything else in my house is dried flowers. I've gotten them either from the crate or from Joseph M. Duffy uh, in town in Dublin uh, or or silk, silk flowers. Mm. Everything, even including my outdoor garden. Now I've unfortunately had to replace everything because I killed it. <laughs> I had a wonderful, a wonderful gardener put it in and I killed it. So right. okay. I, I will not give Don't anyone advice, but go get them. Of going <laughs> and getting, you know, freak yeah. and false flowers because that's okay. All right. Great mood lifter, bit of greenery. Now, um, another mood lifter, of course, we know is the whole area of lighting. Yes. Uh, now, in the absence of actual beautiful sunlight and warm days, <laughs> what can we do? Yeah, so lighting is my favourite topic. Anyone out there who's thinking about lighting, please, you know, get in touch with me on Instagram or anything. I absolutely love talking about it. But we really feel its absence after Christmas because we've had Christmas lights, we've got fairy lights everywhere. So number one, I will say I love taking my decorations down straight away. I leave up my fairy lights because one of my favourite decorations is fairy lights everywhere. And there's no need to get rid of them for January. Leave them outside, leave them on your shelves, wrap them around the plants that you have. I keep them up until about spring. I just, winter time, I love fairy lights. I think they look so pretty. They're a lovely kind of a soft, my ones are a nice warm, soft, uh, white, you know, a really nice comforting glow. Okay. They're lovely everywhere and they're a nice little mood lifter too. All right. Well, that's commercial. I can't get enough of those. You might also notice maybe where you had the tree or you had another decoration, you might find that that corner or whatever is a bit dark and maybe it just needs a lamp. So a bit of an uplift, a bit of something um, to replace what, what's or missing. Could actually, be good. you know, a new shade. Yeah. Um, because I think sometimes we use lampshades. We, we buy them and then we have them there 15 years later. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But we'll swap out our cushion covers or our throws. Yeah. And, and lampshades are usually pretty standard. So it's generally easy to swap them out. Terribly expensive. And my, I always advocate this time of year, January, is a, the best time ever to go to the charity shops, the secondhand shops, to look for things online. Because as you're doing your decluttering and clearing stuff out, so is everybody else. Everybody and there else. could be something amazing out there. Okay. So have a little rummage. Brilliant. Okay. And of course, that is true for tableware because I know you're, you, you look yeah. your mismatched kind of uh, look on tableware where you don't have all the plates and cups and saucers matching each other. You can get fantastic bargains. Great. Great bargains and tableware all Christmas, you know, we've had the table, it's cleared off of its usual year round clutter of school books and sports equipment and everything. Yeah. I love that to keep that through to January, to keep your table free and clear and buy yourself some nice, you know, items that will get you sitting around the table and honouring that mealtime with your family members or whoever you have in your house. For me, it's my dog. <laughs> he doesn't sit at the no. table. But that's a lovely thing to carry through okay. to January. No, that's a great idea. And actually, you're quite right. It's a great way to go um, kind of secondhand shopping because everybody else's yeah. kind of stuff that's annoying them is now. They're throwing out shopping. gems for your house and that, that you can pick up. Dishes. One of the best saucepans I ever bought was secondhand. It was a Le Creuset. Yeah. Um, I couldn't afford it new and I picked it up for about a tenner 
and I still have it. Yeah. And you know, like people could have gotten them for gifts. They could have gotten them as Christmas presents, anything like that. Okay. Um, and they might have had a second one that they're giving away. So have a little troll. I've never come across a broken Le Creuset pot and just throw all those leftovers in and you have dinner for the rest of January. Now, Beautiful. we had, uh, I don't know about you, but a lot of families out there, I suppose, would echo uh, my sentiments here. We had the Jenga Wars yeah. over, <laughs> over Christmas. We had the Poker Wars over Christmas. There's nothing guaranteed to make a family fall out all over again than playing a board game. Uh, my husband, I bought him a thousand piece jigsaw of Paris. Absolutely uh, love slash hated it. Yeah. Uh, only to finish it completely and find one piece missing. Oh, Now, board God. games, uh, look, they are what they are, but you're you you like them all year round. I, well, I love them except for Monopoly. Uh, to my one of my best friends, <laughs> Neva Sullivan. If you're listening, you know this why. Is the home show. Uh, <laughs> this I know, I know you would think. But one thing I love about board games, and again, have a rummage to the secondhand shops, the charity shops, is that they can make a really nice accessory piece, especially if you're a chess player or you would like to look like you are a chess player. Backgammon and Backgammon. chess boards and draft yeah. boards. You're quite right, and don't touch them and don't play them. Yeah, Just look at them on on a puff or. On a, yeah. on a sideboard or something like that. As an accent piece, they can look great. And I don't know about the recipe. I can't look at a screen anymore. I can't do it. I've seen all of the movies. I've I've watched everything. I've completed Instagram. I can't do it anymore. So something else that will take my distraction is is very welcome. Okay, all right. Um, and really, when you brighten up your home by doing very very small things yeah. and very small tweaks, and a, do you know what it is, Jennifer? If you buy something like that in a secondhand shop, and in three months' time, you're tired of it or it doesn't work any longer for you. What do you do? You just donate it back. Let somebody else play it. You've rented Give them it. Give the enjoyment. You've rented for your, it. For your winter day. We're in the circular economy. Okay. Yeah. You're fantastic. Wonderful. All right. Jennifer, thank you so much and Happy New Year again to you. And we look forward to our collaboration with all your great ideas in 2023. As do I. People can find all of your great ideas on Instagram at Workers Cottage. Workers Cottage. All right. And my thanks to Jennifer Sheehan, former Home of the Year winner and Home Show stalwart for all of those fantastic ideas. And that is all we have time for on the show this week and if you'd like to get involved in the show maybe you have a question for us a topic you'd like us to cover or a guest you'd like to hear on the home show get in touch with us 53106 for 30 cent or email us anytime during the week at thehomeshow at newstalk.com you'll find me over on Instagram at Ryan 100 if that is your preferred medium The Home Show with Sinead Ryan on Newstalk